Hello, I'm Connie Rotella, and welcome to our Triple Thread Podcast. I'm super excited to begin this journey with all of you. Are you ready to put your best foot forward and show up with confidence? This tool is here to help you evolve into the artist you are meant to be. Just always remember to believe, become, and be ready. Add a new skill set or refine what you already know. So here we go. My special guest today is the powerhouse vocalist, Elizabeth Diaga. She's the queen of rock and she's here with us on Industry Talk. For the past two years, Queens of Rock has been in residency in Las Vegas. Elizabeth, thank you for joining us on Industry Talk today. I can't believe this journey that you've been on. And I feel like after Celine Dion, it's Elizabeth on the strip in Vegas doing her own show. Is that really what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Thank you, first of all, for inviting me, Connie. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I don't know that I've had the same trajectory as Celine or the same venue as Celine. I think that she was probably on the highway and I was all of my career on the side road, Aww. a little, a, a bumpy road. Then again, it's bumpy for everybody. We don't know what we don't know. And we don't see everything about somebody's career or trajectory. But uh, I've had a very different path and a, a, a path that's been d'avance, meaning that I've never really had, I don't know if this is good to say this. <laughs> well, then again, yes, it is because I think it, it encourages people who maybe do have a, um, a path that they envision and they don't want to derogate from that path. My trajectory has only been different things coming in my path and me hopping on. Ah. I think that that's what it's been like. I've never had a major plan because I was born to an artistic family. My father is an international sculptor and my mom is an opera singer, both with international careers. And so for me, very young, it wasn't like, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, this is what I'm doing. I don't know what, what type it's going to be. I wanted to, I wanted to actually be a dancer. When I was uh, at home, I had music all the time. And it was like so much part of my life. It's like I didn't want to be in that same trajectory Mm -hmm. Or I, you know, it's like, I didn't, my, my dad, when I was five years old, put me on the piano, wanted me to study piano and would close me up in a room. And I, you're going to learn tu va ta, 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 Spanish, my dad. And I rebelled against that. I didn't want to do the way they wanted me or he wanted me to do it. And I wanted to be a dancer because to me, and you're a dancer, so you yeah. know how that feels to me was the most beautiful way of self-expression and and what brought me to singing was um I mean I used to go to classes all the time blah 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 and at one point in school I was also studying Shakespeare and we went on a trip to England to study Shakespeare with the school and while I was there my house burned down and when I came back my parents while the house was rebuilt sent me to a triple threat camp in the U.S. and that's where I learned to acting, singing, and dancing. I did not know that. This is so cool. Nobody knows that. Nobody knows that. You're a triple threat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, in those days, I'm a 53 now. They didn't have maybe so much tend to children's emotions when a, a big thing happened in your life. It's just like, okay, the house burned down. We're going to send her over there and life goes on. But my body reacted. My body reacted and I got 
really sick at the camp and they didn't know what I had and they sent me home and it turned out it was mononucleosis. Oh. So I had to stay in bed. But for me, that was great because that's when I learned about, that's when I got my Madonna cassette. I would listen to her and Michael Jackson and all that stuff. And I started dancing in my room because I was sick. I was not allowed to go to school or whatever. I had to stay in bed. And that's when I started singing. And my, my mom one day was like, hey, you can sing. I'm like, I don't know. And that's how I discovered I had a voice. Wow. Listening to Madonna and singing to Madonna, to Lucky Star and doing the choreographies and all that. And then when my house was rebuilt, while I was gardening flowers, I heard drums in my backyard. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go check that out. So I went to the neighbors and I said, hey, I hear some drums. Is a band here? Is there a band here? And Yes, my son plays in a band. And I went there and I joined that band. No way. And that's how I started singing. Yeah. Is that crazy? That is wonderful. That's just like, yeah. even if your mom was a classical singer, yeah. so she didn't start training you at all. You nope. just really did it on your own. Yeah. I, I wanted think- to be on my own. And, and you know what? The opera world, I mean, she used to be at the Metropolitan Opera in New York and I would go there every weekend, you know, I'd take yeah. the plane and meet her there. Yeah. And see all the repetition. I saw all the rehearsals uh, in the theater, in the rehearsal. I was like really into it since a young, young age. And opera to me, there was a lot of could uh, could because everybody's battling for fighting. the same role. Yeah, yeah, they're all fighting for the same role. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I didn't. I just didn't want to get into that part. So that scared me a lot because I saw a lot of people, not nice people. And I was like, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Maybe there'll be something else for me in the, you know. And then once I joined that little band, uh, it was like, you know, we would do shows in the basement. But then I went on to an, another opportunity came by a friend of mine, my best friend, who met this guy who was in a cover band. Oh, he's looking for a singer. Oh, okay, I'll go check it out. So I went and auditioned and I got that. And I played with his band for, for a couple of years and then other opportunity to join a duo. It's like things, opportunities would come to me. And I was just like, oh, okay, let's go there. Let's try this. Let's do that. And that's how my whole life has been built. But you always met the opportunity. And I always tell my students, you never know when the opportunity shows up, but you have to be prepared for the opportunity. Now, yes, wait. <laughs> yes, right. But in your way, because you've been observing your mom and you've been, you know, at a young age, been able to see people in rehearsal, you already knew, oh, I don't like this part of the industry, but let me see how what I can find that makes it my own, discovering my voice. You kind of had some tools there. And then, <laughs> then the rock from classical singer, your mom, to the daughter that's all about rock. How different is that and I'm wondering what your mom said when you started singing all the rock songs she loves it she's like I love rock and roll (laughs) she she always encouraged me to be my own to do my own thing she never pressured me unlike my dad who he he I mean my parents met at the Vienna Conservatory both studying opera he would have wanted me to study music blah 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 but I'm a person I derive from instinct Everything I do is by instinct. Not like everything was given to me. I still have to live up to the expectation of, you know, doing the roles. A metteur en scène told me once, one, one night I was like, oh man, tonight I really wasn't into it. He says, are you serious? You're kidding me? You have it in your DNA. 
even if you didn't want to be. I mean, that impresses me to know that because people say you were born ready. Yes. I feel I'm like that. It's like, oh, turn on the light. All righty, let's go. You know, it's like, it just turns on. It's like a switch. I really work hard at, you know, I rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. Not with my voice though. I haven't rehearsed that much. That's also, it's really bad that I'm saying this. I'm not. No, actually, I love the honest truth though, because these, these are where yeah. these podcasts exist and these interviews because- yeah. Someone out there is going to relate to you and your journey is different. And what do you mean mm. you don't rehearse your voice since you sing night after night? It just comes out. I maybe because I think it, I don't know. I'm very much in the moment. Yeah. The, the music is something that really absorbs my body. And that's why when I'm performing, I use that triple threat. I use it because the music comes from the ground and just comes to life through me. It's like a, I'm a conduct. For, right. for the music, for the lyric. And even when, you know, I did, I did that in camp and then I, I was in this band and then I was in a cover band, then I did musicals. Um, it was always important to me to feel connected to right. the artist, to the song, to the music. That's the only way for me to perform. And, and a lot of times when I was younger, um, at one point, I was I was signed to a, a record label, and he would propose songs to me. And he's like, "Well, it doesn't matter if you don't like it. When people applaud you, you'll like it." And I said, "No, oh. I have to like it. I can't share or transmit an energy yeah. that I don't feel. Yeah. I think that would be wrong for me, and it's and it would be wrong for the public because then I'm lying. The way my my career has been built has always been with stuff that I love doing. That is beautiful though because we always want to do things that we love to yeah. do and we want to stay true to ourselves. That's why your journey even if, you know, you woke up and and things happen and you met the opportunity <laughs> and you're just like yeah. you keep going, but you doing that landed you <laughs> on a vegan strip. <laughs> Yeah, your own show. And I'm like, how how did that opportunity come about? And of course, the way you are just a a huge heart and you say yes to life. And that's what what's really nice about you. When I watch you, you're just free spirited. You're like, your arms (laughs) and heart are open, I feel to life and life just gifts you. And then you're like, okay, let's do this. And let's have fun. And we met on a video shoot, I remember going, she's so cool. And she, you, you know, you were on your My roller skates, yeah, roller skates. And I'm like, she's roller skating, dancing, and you're roller skating, singing, you brought that into your show in Vegas. When I was younger, I used to roller skate in my basement. And that would be for hours and hours and hours. I just loved roller skating and dancing, of course, and um, to music. And I would never have thought in a million years that, well, it was Bruno Pelletier who called yes. me to to ask me, can you come roller skate in my, in my video? I'm like, yeah, sure. That'll be fun. <laughs> um, and, and, and of course, and, and, the, and the skating, I hadn't skated for years and years and years. And when I was singing with Cavalia in Australia in 2012, I think, just, I had just started coming up with the idea because the Queens of Rock idea of paying tribute to the women in rock uh, came about because I've been in so many projects and musicals, I was always in a project. And in 2010, while I was in Rock Story, which is a musical review of the 70s and 80s, um, I started that and I joined that in 2007. And I really reconnected with Hart, Pat Benatar, Blondie, 
and whatnot. But after a couple of years doing always the same repertoire, I'm like, I really would like to expand that. I wanted to expand that and to pay tribute to all the women of rock and roll that fit with me, of course, because as I said, I really have to be connected. And that became like my goal. Like I said, I never really had a goal. I always joined other people's projects and that became my baby, my project. I created it here in Montreal with friends. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a theater, uh, Le Théâtre Hector Charlin, who when I sent him, I, I had a meeting with him. He's like, oh yeah, this is such a great idea. And he, um, he endorsed me. And I did my first show at Théâtre Hector Charlin of Queens of Rock in 2013. And I was trying to, on my own, you know, to get somebody to produce it with me. I was producing it on my own. And a friend, friend of mine, Sylvain Bertrand, who plays with Grégory Charles and plays with a lot of people, an amazing bass player, was like, oh, I know this guy. Maybe he would like to produce it in Quebec City. And so he called his friend, Gilles Beaulieu, that I did not know, to maybe interested in producing a show in Quebec City. He says, yeah, which show is that? And he's like, well, you know, Elisabeth Diaga. And he's like, oh, Queens of Rock. I just saw the video last week on Facebook. He's like, oh, yeah. And he says, well, well, she's doing a show next week. Would you like to come meet her? So we had a meeting. He came to see the show. And he, right away, he was like, he wanted to produce. And right away told me, well, yes, I, I would produce it in Quebec City, but have you ever thought of Vegas? Ooh. And that's how Vegas came about for Queens of Rock. And so I said, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, and he always tells the story, like, felt like he was going to see Wayne Gretzky, but playing in a little garage league or outside. And he's yeah. like, why is this person not on a big stage? What, what is going on? And he felt compelled. It's like his life's mission. Wow. to bring me to Las Vegas. So we went to Vegas in 2015 and we were lucky enough to meet um, Anna and Nancy Wilson of Heart also through their drummer, through somebody we knew here, which was an amazing experience. But th the idea was to go see, he wanted to show me what Vegas was like because we think of Vegas, as you said in the intro, as Céline Dion, Cirque du Soleil. That's yeah. What Vegas was like for me anyway in 2015. And, and a little parenthesis is that my musical director and great friend Yves Frula was playing with Céline Dion for many years. So we saw the scene. The scene is not just the huge shows with big venues. There's also medium-sized shows. We started meeting different people who brought us once again to other people and to other opportunities. And we seized the opportunities and we had the opportunity to do a, a showcase because we had hooked up with an agent and he's like, yeah, we don't know how to go about it. I'm like, well, you know, other people are here and I don't see why I can't be here. Yes. So I'm like, let's find a way. And Jill proposed the, the showcase and that showcase flabbergasted the entertainment director of the casino where we were performing. And then they hired us for other venues. And then people after the show would be like, well, how come you don't have a residency? You should have a residency. And we're like, well, yes, that's all fine. Very nice. But how do you do that? So again, people that saw the show and introduced us to other people. And we finally met with the, uh, we had three different theaters that we, we could have played in. But then we met with the entertainment director of the theater, the Mosaic on the Strip. You can have, you can go to Las Vegas and want to play your show, but it has to fit with the venue. Yes. It has to fit. They have to want to, to have you in their venues. Yeah. So, so it worked and we signed our deal in 2019, December, 2019. <laughs>
supposed to start in 2020. But there was also at that same time, another thing in my life called a little show called The Voice, La Voix yes. in Quebec. Uh, so I had like the two most amazing things going on in my life at the same time. I couldn't tell anybody what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so it's very stressful, actually, because... And these secrets we have to keep, especially yeah. here in Montreal. I'm like, oh, keep it a secret. I'm like, okay, yeah. but but is it going to really <laughs> affect somebody? I'm like, I really don't get it. <laughs> and I, I can't wait for an explanation. You know, when they tell you, I, my face goes in a puzzle. Going, yeah. Well, why are we cheering her on? This is the best moment. We should cheer yeah. her on because you got yeah. called for the voice or because yeah. you're Vegas. Uh, anyway, it's yeah. moving on to your story. <laughs> but you can't. So I was supposed to start in Vegas. They wanted me to start in February, but we couldn't tell them. I said, well, listen, we can't really start right now because I got something in Canada that I am working on and so whatnot. So that was an amazing experience because I was like surrounded by young people. Yeah. And it was awesome because I really bonded with everybody over there. And even the person I was doing the duel with, I was coaching her. You know what I mean? I was like, giving her advice not I don't like competition it's like really bad for me I know but why did you I, do it then it's great that you said that so why did you do it I do it I did it for the exposure yes. because when I had my album out in 1996 I had a really big song called Touche Pas okay. which was like precursor to the Me Too movement uh, which was about non-objectification of women and that's why also maybe unconsciously I chose to do Queens of Rock in a very uh respectful and you know not the the, the sexy rocker with you know the the torn up clothes and and all that but since the Tushpa video I've been in you know musicals and stuff like that but was never in the public eye so much as much as in 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 the 90s you know which my video spun so much on Music Plus and stuff like that um so I wanted to reconnect with that you know I wanted to reconnect with the public and I was like well you know might as well go now it's the last time they're doing it to me it was like I'm going to be able to sing in front sing in front of all these people and and, and to be seen and the idea of course also was well I'm going to do that go to Vegas and then Quebecers are going to come see me in Vegas yes. but then a pandemic happened yes since the beginning that my trajectory was not planned But it was always to be able to do what I love with the people I love in an atmosphere that is, I can't say easy because it hasn't been easy. You know how it is. It's not, it's not easy. I'm really happy to still be here, actually. And when I went on The Voice, I was like, wow, I'm really having fun with these kids. Yeah. I really had a good time. It was awesome. The kids were awesome. There was many great talents and I did my thing. What's been hard for me here is that I've been here forever and everybody... I mean, everybody in the industry knows me, but I've had so much, so many times. Yeah, you're amazing. Your show's amazing. We know it's amazing, but you know, we don't really know you. Nobody really knows who you are. What does yeah, that mean? That, that's been a challenge. Well, like you haven't been on TV. That was one of the reasons why I went on The Voice because I think now, even though you've been here forever, La Voix and Star Academy and all that stuff is now the the way to get known and what what is frustrating of course sometimes is to see people on tv shows who have not who don't have necessarily a talent or anything but they will be more famous than you and they will get more airtime 
than you or anybody else who, who's struggling in this business just because they became famous. And to me, I mean, being famous and being good at what you do, and that's two different, two different that's things. two different. And don't Two different things. Quebec is in their own little box, right? Because yes. the phones have no idea. Who no they idea. Are. <laughs> so, and that's yeah. another thing because I come, I work a lot in the French and I work a lot in yeah. English and I work internationally. So, when yes. I have the English and the French in my studio space and we're speaking about so and so, and the English people would turn around and I have pretty important people at the studio, they go, Who's that? Who makes them feel? Like they, they are more important than anybody else with a talent. Yeah. The English community doesn't even care who you are because they care about the worth, what you're going to get, yeah. the connection, the talent. I'm just picturing someone that is maybe overnight famous and lives a career knowing that they don't have the talent or the skill sets. I'm wondering how they feel in their heart. Well, some of them really can, can it really goes up to their head. I don't know depends on the person. When I went to Vegas, I didn't need a label. Yes. It's what I created. The newspapers over there didn't have to say, oh yeah, well, she's an A or a B or a C, you know, like a category. There's no category. I mean, the, the journalist who interviews Usher is interviewing me and is as happy is like uh, Johnny Katz from the Las Vegas Review Journal calls me. They don't go through managers in Vegas. They go to the artist directly. That's very interesting. And they make a review based upon your talent. Let's say Usher is like, a big, of course, he's an international star. It's very different. He's got records and blah, blah, blah. But when he called me and he said, oh my God, where have you been all my life? How come I don't know about you, Elizabeth? <laughs> and me, I'm on the other side, I'm like, huh? <laughs> Are you talking to me? And the first day I went over to the, I went over to a bar at the Virgin Hotel and the manager there, oh, hi, Elizabeth. I'm like, uh, how do you know me? Oh, I've been following you on social media <laughs> since you've been here. I'm like, oh, really? So that's a very interesting it's way. So is that, it's so different. Yeah, it's very different as in here you go to, let, let's say you go to a, a premiere. And if you're not like, a recording artist or you've been on tv don't even try to get on that red carpet because yeah. nobody knows who you are you know so but i mean i think that's like that everywhere like la or or whatever but how many times i've heard but yeah i know you're really good but people don't really know but, you but i still think the career path that you had is much more interesting in the long run because i feel like i would be more proud of the work that you created Instead yeah. of in in a box just to please a few viewers. In your yeah. case, I feel like you're you reached your fullest potential. You're always challenging yourself. You're always growing. You're always evolving. I think that is so much more interesting uh, to have a career that way and and being blessed that you had that door to do it because not everybody. Yeah is able to do it. I'm maybe thinking of these star names here, looking at you going, how did she do that? You know, and I have a name here. How did she do that? Well, it was meant for you, not for them. Yeah. When we put a lot of value on stardom, we really lose ourselves. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, wait a minute. How come the, the journalist didn't write a whole thing on me and he just wrote this? And then I think to myself, is that really important in my life? No. You know, and in, in, in the bigger scheme of things, it's not important because you, you get caught up in that 
in that fame monster, like Lady Gaga says, of course, of, of what's important. Are you doing what you love? Having a big article, we, we need that because you need to sell tickets. That's yeah. how you make your living. So it's a, it's a never ending spiral effect. It's la poule ou l'oeuf. It's the, the, you know, so, so how do you make that work? For some people, it works right away. For some people, it doesn't. I mean, we each have a different, a different path. I'm just happy to still be here yeah. and, and to be able to do it and to be able to share it. And then when I went to Vegas, I moved away in August, 2020. And, the, and there was still lockdown. We weren't yeah. allowed to do shows, but we're like, well, if they reopen the city, gotta be ready. Right. So I was supposed to come in with Ifrula and with my lighting team to do the pre-production because in Vegas, I had six LED walls, LED walls for the projections, which I created all with here on the laptop with a company. And we did everything via messenger wow. to create the whole, the whole visuals of the show, right? So yeah. I had an American band. So when I moved there, we didn't even know if we were starting, but we had to go. Right. So, so we went, and, and I'm very lucky to have the producer that I have because it's that same guy, Jill, who just is like, no, no, no. We're going, we're yeah. going, we got to do this. You know, I want to meet like, this Jill guy. He's so, you will, cool. you will, you will at the premiere. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. Which I'm coming. Yes. To see. Yes. Hold on a second before we yeah. get to Quebec tour, let's finish yeah. Vegas. <laughs> yeah. So we started finally, we got the okay. I think on the October 2nd of 2020 to start the show. So we were the first live show to reopen the strip if you can imagine that from montreal we're the first live show to reopen the strip everybody else was closed all the artists artistic community of las vegas came to see the show oh that's wonderful when it started reopening and picking up it was really fun when people you know like here when no yeah. more masks and and then you can do meet and greets and meet the yes. people uh had people coming from not so much everywhere in the world because of the traveling restrictions. That was hard too, because we only had people from, let's say, California, um, uh, Arizona, very limited tourism in Vegas. E even now, you know, it's not the same. It's not like pre-pandemic Vegas still. Because right now, the big trend is huge acts are coming in. Adele, um, they all have residencies now. Adele, uh, Sting, uh Aerosmith so the market is changing Elizabeth you were right what? there with all these names I know yeah yeah and I you had... were the first show to open up yeah. after the pandemic yeah. and you're like Elizabeth from Montreal representing yeah yeah representing representing because over there you have billboards on 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 taxi cabs you have billboards yes. on trucks the first time you see that it's It's surreal. It's surreal. You're part of the, I mean, there, there was one taxi cab. I had Shania Twain on the top and me on the bottom. And that was awesome. I was like, I I'm like, that. yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is so, because I'm like the fourth Canadian to have had, to have a residency on the strip. So you right? are the fourth one. That's what I was yeah. wondering. Yeah. So I'm the, I'm the second Quebecois because Véronique Dicaire is from Ontario, if I'm right. not mistaken. Second so, Québécois. Yeah, the second Québécois to have. And I mean, my residency is different than theirs because it's a, we're a really small team. Right. And we forged, you know, we, we came into working hard and, and 
and believing in it and, and not having this huge company with a lot of money, just, you know, it's very different. Everybody else is here. Then I have a place here. He said yeah. in an interview right before, which yeah. you, know, you believed in your show, yes. you believed in yourself, yeah. you believed in your yeah. team and you made yeah. it happen. And yeah. without that belief system, everything that's happened in your life yeah. I don't think no. because you never no. planned anything from day one. So you literally, you know, like some people work hard and they know what they yeah. want. In your case, it's like, Oh, let's try and let's try. And the yeah. trying, you know, you even got a record deal. Um, yeah. People endorsed you right away. You got a resume. But I mean, for that, for sure, for sure, for the record deal, I had to work at it. And, and I mean, I, I'm not saying that I've not worked. I'll say, I'll say this, that the record, because, you know, in those in the 90s, as, as an artist, it was like, if you didn't record something, you weren't important or right. you weren't being seen. As for now, I know that even though I did, I also did a second album that I produced myself uh, in collaboration and I and I wrote it was a trip hop CD. But s until Queens of Rock, I think I didn't know what my my vocation was. Yeah. And I think by creating Queens of Rock, that's when I started started having a goal and a plan like the plan when, when was to start the show but then when jill came along the plan was to go to vegas yeah and the plan is to make this show live and to pay tribute to these women and to their work which that was the thing in vegas too you can't just go to vegas and say oh i have a show uh here we got a uh, money or investors or whatever and we're just going to place it here it's got to be something special that doesn't exist and the proof that that there was room for it is that it works. When I read the people's comments on, I mean, I didn't even know I was on TripAdvisor and all that stuff. I didn't know anything about that. And somebody said, hey, you're on TripAdvisor. And when I read that, I was like, wow. The first thing they say is how to connect with the people, to give an emotion. That's, I think, what people get out of this show anyway. That's the first thing. First of all, the nostalgia of, of all the songs from the 70s, because you learn the history of, of of female rock through my show. You learn who created it. Um, and then it's just a timeline of rock and roll from the 70s to the years 2000. Seeing your face everywhere. I, I remember you also having uh, newspaper articles about your show saying yeah. that it was one of the top shows too on the show yeah. people were getting yeah. to see. So yeah. I, I'm like, I'm picturing you walking and going, okay, my face is everywhere. <laughs> I'm in Las Vegas, I'm from Montreal. Do you ever ask yourself, why don't I have the same thing here in Montreal? Ha <laughs> You think? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, like it is a, it's a valid question. Like I'm proud of our Quebecers doing well outside and living an international career. Yeah. I think we should validate it more here in Montreal because we, we don't hear of the stories all the time. So yeah. and then it's like, you're walking around here, your face is not everywhere and you do have a name and you have like a whole lot of experience. How does that feel? I've never done anything to be popular or to be renowned. I do everything from my heart. I think that the industry here, they have a set of rules that don't apply to everybody. But every place has their set of rules you're of right. the industry, how it works. Here, first of all, I think they want to promote the French language. They still, they're still in that. I've, I mean, I did my first album in French because that was the norm. But that's not what I was, even though I am a French, I speak yeah. French, I speak English, and I speak Spanish. To me, my language has always been about, well, if you speak Spanish, I'll speak Spanish to you. If you speak French, I'll speak French. Because to me, it's a way of communicating and to get to know somebody. 
is to speak their language. If I can learn it, I'll do it. They want to protect the language, but I still think you can still open your mind. I think that in the last 10 years, that has changed a lot. I see a lot of emerging artists, a lot of bilingual stuff also. Yeah. That was not well seen. C'était pas bien vu when yeah. I was, you know, when I was in my 20s. I mean, even coming here, people don't even know that I've won all these prizes and that I've been in <laughs> Vegas. I'm like, I was listening to your podcast with Nathalie Bonin, which is the same exact same story. But I think everybody's got their different paths. So you were nominated for? I was nominated for Best Tribute Show. They have two sets of awards. They have many awards over there, of course. Las Vegas is the capital, yeah. entertainment capital of the world. There's 150 shows per night. Oh, my God. Yeah. So um, they have this uh, Best of Vegas and Best of Las Vegas every year. Uh, different categories, different um, it's it's two it's one is a magazine the the readers of the magazine it's 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 not the industry that votes for you it's the public so that means even more to me oh yes um i mean i was there's the las vegas review journal and the las vegas weekly who both did amazing the las vegas weekly did a really beautiful article on me in the show and and i think what impressed them the most and that was a good thing also the fact that i started in pandemic and there wasn't 150 shows at the same time the, the journalists were like whoa there's a show. We heard about it. We want to come see it. And they endorsed the show. And, and the media over there really is close to the, to the artistic community. Right. Uh, the artistic community over there is not about competition. It's about helping everybody out. I go see a show. And, and tonight in the audience, we have Elizabeth Diaga from Queens of Rock and her wow. producer, Gilles Beaulieu. People do that. And that I think is amazing. And I, 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 I hopefully I'm going to try to instore some of that or bring a little bit of Vegas back to Montreal. There is also a community every Friday at the Tuscany Casino. Uh, there's a guy called Kenny Davidson and he, play, he has his band and there's different artists from all the shows that come in and do a cover, do a song. And he's got maybe, what, 36 singers per night just coming in and doing songs and promoting. And they, okay, so we got Elizabeth from Queens of Rock. She's going to sing this, blah, blah, blah. And, and sometimes you can do things a little bit out of your mold. So it's really interesting, the support over there. I'm guessing, I mean, here it's, it, it's different because you don't, you're not in a venue for show, a long time. People travel, people are touring. So... A lot of artists, when we get like an invitation to go to a, a launch or whatever, I'm like, oh my God, I can see my friend on stage. It's so awesome because here it's all about touring. Yeah. Over there you do like, I mean, I was doing five nights a week. So on my two days off, I'm like, okay, what can I do? There's also other shows that invited me to, to guest star in their shows. So I'd finish my show. I, I, my show's at seven till eight and then whoop. I go to the Sahara and I was in this show called Reckless in Vegas as their guest first guest star. I think that the Vegas adventure, it is opening doors for me here. You know, it is opening doors for me here. I'm going to be doing, you know, I'm doing uh, the Montreal Casino in February. I'm doing uh, Capitole de Quebec, the Capitole, which I've been wanting to do the show for 10 years. You know, they were actually the first place that I went to visit to propose my show when I created it. 
and it just so happened that it didn't work in their in their uh well because in, god in, had bigger plans for you <laughs> exactly i mean vegas is beautiful it's amazing it's an amazing story and we're working on this place there's something in the works for for the the what, spring <laughs> so exciting so okay. my wish is to be able to combine best of both worlds yes because we have we do have amazing beautiful venues here and i know that people love rock and roll in in montreal Me quebec too. and everywhere Even so i bring this show in europe i don't know i need like, a connection anything is possible right now anything like, is yeah jill can make it all happen you can go For to sure. australia you can go all over yeah that's over. true that's true and i mean we've had we're you know we've had some some talks with new york too so every time i see your posts in new york oh I'm ooh, so la, la. i mean new york i think new york would be would be fabulous it would but, be fabulous i will give you a contact right after i have an idea oh my god it's funny because i i didn't uh, we're doing this interview in a way that i didn't see coming it's funny how i i in the beginning said i didn't have a plan but sometimes the universe has the plan and Ooh. you don't know it. That's what it feels for you. That's yeah. what I feel like people knew yeah. at a young age, they usually start the interview saying, I yeah. knew that I wanted to do this. Yeah. In your case, yeah. you're like, I mean, I was in the industry because I saw my parents in it. Yeah. I knew what I didn't like. Like these are the yeah. words I heard by listening. Yeah. And things yeah. like you obviously worked, but yeah. it fell in on your lap because it was yes for in you place it's it, yes. to me it falls in place and sometimes I, I do a lot of reading so for everybody that <laughs> you know a, a lot of self-help a lot of yes. not so much meditation I have a hard hard time concentrating but connecting <laughs> connecting with the elements connecting with with the ground the trees because for me the stage has always been the place where I feel most at home for people they go on stage like oh my god what am I gonna do am I gonna be able to sing I'm gonna no as soon as I step on that place I'm like, oh finally I'm, I'm home and when I'm in real life everything stresses me out but when I'm on stage oh there we go there we go now I know that I'm you own I'm that stage like, <laughs> you put your roller skates yeah. you sit yeah It's like, it's yeah. like this powerhouse. That's why they call you the powerhouse vocalist, <laughs> the Canadian powerhouse vocalist. Oh, you're I so mean, sweet. That is a title that belongs to you. I even wow. mentioned how you have a huge heart. We feel that energy. And that's, that's beautiful because you owned it. You stay true to yourself. Yeah. You surrounded yourself with beautiful people. And sometimes even if the other opportunities weren't there, it's because again, it had bigger plans for you. Yeah, so exactly. Now, speaking to you, and not even knowing what the plans are. I already know the universe is already like, has it all prepared <laughs> for you. You're literally just have to walk into it and you're going to yeah. walk onto that stage. And it's crazy. Oh, I'll meet you there on that stage and I can dance with you. <laughs> yeah. We'll But, see. I might, I might have a little, a little something maybe. Oh my God, let's do it. And I Oh, that would be so cool. No, it would be amazing. But seriously speaking, now you're doing the Quebec tour. Um, yes. I'm excited to come and see you at the Casino of Montreal, I believe in February. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and obviously you have other plans uh, to keep this show running. Is there anything else that you feel like doing? Oh, that's so interesting that you're asking me that. There's a thing on my mind that's been on my mind forever. I love animals, right? When I was in Vegas, I used to be, I, I go see horses a lot. I love horses. And I think that my big plan in the back of my heart 
is I would love to have one day a rescue, a rescue for farm animals so, so that children and people know how, how powerful the connection is with animals and the earth. I would like to transmit that yeah. as much as, yeah, I think that's one of my big, not retirement dreams, but yeah, <laughs> um, one of the dreams that you want to yeah, I think I think I could do both. The idea to go to Vegas to me was was to do my show five nights a week or three or five or six or whatever, and to be able to have that on the side. Perfect. And so that's still, you know, that's still in the works for me in my in my heart. I feel I can contribute as much as when I'm doing a show. I really feel it's soothing for people, even though it's rock and roll. <laughs> Even though it's rock and roll, it's like a, a letting go. It's like an hour, an hour and a half of people don't think about their problems. They don't think about anything. Exactly. It's a feel good show. And, and, and there's also another, there's another branch of Queens of Rock because I also love jazz a lot. Yes. And actually, Queens of Rock was supposed to be a jazz show in the beginning. And finally, the universe put musicians, a band that was already all ready in front of me. And I'm like, Let's do it this way. <laughs> you know, it's really, I think, I, I don't realize, I realize it while, while I'm talking to you, how resilient I am to the connection that happens. I just like go with the flow. Well, I think it's, there are messages that come to you. Yeah. You say, yes, let's try it. So yeah. you know what's great? You don't control it. That's another thing artists do. They control but, and then they don't know it doesn't happen for a reason. But you instead, it's like, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. Why not try this? Let's <laughs> and, do this. And, but but there's, a, there's one thing I control though. I am on stage with my team. I got to work on that because I see it one way. And that's the way I want it. I don't know that's, if it's good or bad. That's a work I mean, ethic. Yeah. And I'm very, you know, you have to be on time. You know, it's like I'm telling a story and, and I'm also, I mean, I'm in autodidact, you know, I self-taught everything. I mean, I'm working the website. I'm doing the posters, not in every situation, but when I saw my big billboard on the strip, I did that. So mm -hmm. to me, it was like, and, and, and that's something peculiar also when when my producer I'm like don't forget to write created and led by Elizabeth Diaga I think that the creation part is really important for me to be recognized as the person who put that together I don't know the why creator. it must be some yeah the creator because and it's important to have that title because if you did yeah. all the work we should yeah. know about it like yeah. i did not know that you created your own posters i did not know that no i didn't i didn't tell anybody <laughs> but it's like story. i'm the one i'm the one learning it's weird because i'm like oh yeah everything came to me no no there's a lot of work behind it i learned you know photoshop and logic and all those logiciel to be able all the right now i'm recording all the back vocals for the new because in Vegas, the show was only an hour, uh, 65 minutes. Uh, here, it's an hour and a half. Right. So I'm, I'm integrating. And I mean, I'm the, I, mean I, I say other people are the musical directors, but I'm the one who put up, you know, who created all the medleys, who chose all the songs, who drew all that mise en scène, you know. I, I, but I do that because 
I have it in my DNA also. Yeah, it's clear for me. So that's the vision I have and that's what I'd like to have. And right now I'm recording the voiceovers, the French voiceovers, because everything was in English. So now I'm re-recording the French voiceovers. We have to redo some videos. I chose all the videos you're going to see when you see the show. Um, the videos are not like, they don't say anything really. It's an ambiance. It's like you're back in the 80s or you're back in this. And it just complements yes. the performance because I didn't want anything to intervene with the connection. Mm -hmm. I don't want, if I'm singing to you and connecting with you, I don't want you reading something right. in the back of me. I need to see your eyes. If I, if I choose to look on the right, I want to see you. Yes. Because then if I don't see you and you're looking at somebody else, how am I supposed to touch you? Yes. You know, so that was very important to me. So, yeah, I do the, the, the graphics and the, <laughs> but congratulations. I, I love that. Oh my yeah, God. Congratulations. I love that. Good for you, um, Elizabeth. Now, what did you learn about yourself through all these years? And now, you know, you're not hiding your age. You said it before. Nope. I'm very proud. Very mm -hmm. proud. In Vegas, I see a lot of, of people, you know, the objectification. Yeah. Not only of women, but of men, you know, of everybody in Vegas is very different. And I mean, obviously, there's a lot of dancers and male dancers and blah, in, in burlesque and stuff like that. And what I've learned is that every little wrinkle that I have, I earned it. Yeah. And I didn't earn it by just suffering, but by happiness laughter wrinkles or sadness or whatever i think that we need to celebrate i'm i'm proud to be 53 and to still be there i think sometimes in life you're like okay well i'm gonna do this i'm gonna make it that's my goal i'm gonna make it but what happens after you've achieved that goal you can't stay there on the plateau you have to do something else i think for me anyway because at one point when we were in vegas like, what am I going to do after this? And I'm like, oh, well, maybe there is something. The goal was get to Vegas. Okay, now I'm in Vegas. What? Yeah. Now, don't get sick. Uh, you're performing five nights a week. There's no, there's a lot of shows that lip sync. I don't lip sync. Right. Um, there's a lot of shows with dancers that lip sync. And for me, it was like, no. What I learned most is resilience and patience. Oh. A lot of patience. Because you think you have this great thing. And even since I'm back here, you're like, okay, I've got this great thing. Everybody's got to love it and embark right away. But no, that's not how life happens. You have to be patient and you have to trust the process. That's the thing I think I've learned the most to lay back a little bit and say, you know what, let it, let it do its, uh, its own trajectory. Yes. You know, it's like, who would have thought when we met when we did Bruno's video that we would be talking like this today and you would have your own podcast. Yeah. And I got to say, and I hope you air this, that <laughs> Connie Rotella, Rotella, how do you say it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you have your own academy. You, you inspire people and you have such an energy about you. You're just contagious and inspiring. Oh, well, that's it's why true. we connect. And that's yeah. why we connect. Yeah. Our core values are the same. Yeah. That's what I love. And you know, we, we always have to surround yourself with that. And I think the big positive message with this podcast is, is giving a voice to people and, and learning about this craft, this industry and how everybody's yeah. different and unique and original. Yes. 
in doing yeah. whatever they love to do, but some yeah. people don't have the tools and some people don't believe that belief system or that working smart or, you know, like, or following a path and yeah, you have overnight fame, but then what are you going to do with it? So there's so many things that people lack and hopefully yeah. this is going to help them um, get some answers all depending on what they need because there's different levels. Yes. So in, in your case, what would you want to share with anybody listening of the next generation that is like, wow, my dream is to have a residency in Las Vegas one day and have my own show or everything that you're doing. Like, what would you share with them? First of all, there's not just one set of rules and there's not just one path. Uh, trust your instinct. First of all, it's worked for me. I've worked all my life with instinctively going towards that. If you, if you, have a talent, a dream. If you need to study, study. Do whatever it takes to bring you to the level that you think you need to move forward. Listen to the people who have more experience than you. Maybe you don't have to follow in their footsteps because everybody's, you know, everybody's trail is different, but they have experience and they mean well. Um, I think I, I, if I would have listened to my dad, maybe <laughs> he maybe he didn't do it the right way. He did it the best way he could. But I would know piano right now. <laughs> I could yes. play the piano. I can do so much. I mean, I talk about my dad and I'm a lot like my dad. He's also self-taught. He's also touched every aspect. I think the more you know, the more you know. If you're a singer, learn about sound. Yeah. Learn about not only what comes out of your mouth, but what comes into your soul. Learn how, how you, that's one thing that's been really good for me is that I know how to communicate with sound men and tell them exactly what I need because whatever you hear will help you, how you hear your voice will help you uh, place it in the right way and it'll come out much easier. Um, yeah, and find the people who fit with you find the people who can bring your vision to the next level when you can't that is perfect thank you for sharing <laughs> like that is thank perfect. you well said elizabeth i had oh. such a pleasure to talk to you <laughs> and learn more about you and you're just fascinating so i'm asking all viewers to go follow elizabeth on her page the next show, please show up to her shows. She really entertains you. And vocally, it's really um, outstanding. She is a powerhouse. Uh, congratulations on everything you have. Thank you so much. Um, and wishing you the best for all your future projects that are coming up, because I'm sure it's going to all come true. <laughs> Thank you very much. Same to you. Bye.